This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim High Excellence presents Jewels from the Holy Quran A series of lectures by Mufti Ismail ibn Musa Menk Lecture 8 Jews 8 and 3 quarter to Jews 10. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, and protector of one and all. Wa usalli wa usallim ala nabina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'ina wa ba'd. Complete blessings and salutations be upon the masterpiece Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all his companions, all those who have followed him, those who are following him and those who shall follow him up to the day of Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala include us as being from amongst them and may he not prohibit our offspring from being from amongst them as well. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, dearest listeners, we read this evening Surah Al-Anfal as well as parts of Surah Al-Tawbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of some of the rules and regulations pertaining to certain wars that took place at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The battle of Badr, the battle of Uhud, the battle of Hunayn, the battle of Tabuk and some other battles are made mention of and rules and regulations governing peace and war also are mentioned in this particular surah. However, in the surah, though it was revealed at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are many messages for us, many points to ponder, many points that we will derive lessons from insha'Allah, and many reminders for ourselves as well. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Anfal, which is the surah where Allah makes mention of how to, to distribute the booty and the bounties of war, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about who the true believer is. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ A true believer is the one whom, when Allah is mentioned, when the rules and regulations of Allah are mentioned, And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's verses are recited, then their iman increases. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, their hearts tremble. When you hear a verse read from the Qur'an, your hairs stand. That is a sign of iman. When a verse touches your heart, that is a sign of iman. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words are mentioned, and when rules and regulations are mentioned, even if we are weak, and we have, we, are, we have fallen in one place or another, we still tremble with the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and it helps our spirituality, that is the sign of Iman. And when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's hadith is mentioned, and we know that this is a solid, powerful hadith, it affects us positively. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the true believers as those who have these qualities. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us all. And He says, follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and follow the messenger. And do not be like those who say that they listen, but they don't listen. They claim to be believers, but they are not believers. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu ati'u allaha wa rasoolahu wa la tawallahu anhu wa antum tasma'oon. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ قَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَهُمْ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ O you who believe, follow Allah and His Messenger. And do not turn away from the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whilst you are hearing, you are listening, someone comes to you and reminds you what is right and wrong. And then you turn away without batting an eyelid, without even reflecting and pondering over the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, don't do that. And do not be like those who claim to hear and listen and obey, and then they turn away and they do not listen. In essence, they don't obey. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the benefit of consciousness of Allah. When a person becomes conscious, you know we hear the word taqwa, taqwa, taqwa. We hear the term, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah. We hear that word, ittaqullah, so many times. Oh you who believe, be conscious of Allah. Some translate it as fear Allah. So what is the true meaning of the term taqwa? If we take a look at what Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, rahmatullahi alayhi, has mentioned in Al-Fatih, which is a book that he has written, an explanation of Sahih al-Bukhari, he says, At-taqwa an taj'ala baynaka wa bayna athabillahi wiqayah bimtithali awamirihi wajtinabi nawahi. Taqwa means to create a barrier between yourselves and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can I create a barrier? How can you create a barrier? By obeying the commands and staying far away from the prohibitions. And wherever we have fallen and faulted due to human weakness, we turn back to Allah in, in tawbah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us and may He forgive us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to bear taqwa and to engage in taqwa and to be muttaqin, which means to always make sure that we have a distance and a bar created and a barrier created between ourselves and Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So Allah says the benefit of taqwa. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِن تَتَّقُوا اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ فُرْقَانًا وَيُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ ذُو الْفَضْلِ الْعَظِيمِ Oh you who believe, if you are to be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then He will grant you the ability to distinguish between right and wrong, to distinguish between good and bad, to distinguish between falsehood and that which is the truth, to distinguish between good people and bad people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. And He says, if you fear Him, not only will He grant you the ability to do that, but over and above that, He will grant you forgiveness and He will compensate your sins. He will 
delete all your sins and convert them into good deeds on the right side of the scales. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us taqwa. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us conscious of the word taqwa. When we say, oh Allah grant me taqwa. Oh yeah, may Allah grant you taqwa. We need to know what that means. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us conscious of that as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us. And He tells us. He warns us and He tells us, do not cheat Allah and His messenger. One might ask, how is it possible to cheat Allah and His messenger? Or to try to deceive Allah? Obviously we will never succeed in deceiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But some people try to deceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Listen to what Allah says. Ya ayyuha alladhina amanu la takhunu allaha wal rasoola wa takhunu amanatikum wa antum ta'lamoon. Oh you who believe, do not try to deceive Allah or to cheat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger by not fulfilling that which you have been entrusted with, that which you took upon yourselves, the trust that you have taken upon yourselves, and that which you have been entrusted with, do not cheat in that regard. Because if you do not fulfill your covenant, or you abuse the trust that you have been entrusted with, that means you are trying to deceive Allah and His Messenger. Don't do that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, May Allah make us conscious of what we have been entrusted with. Our children are a trust. Our duties are a trust. Where we work, it's a trust. What time we go to work and what time we come back, if we are working for someone else, to fulfill that is a trust. To be found reading the newspaper when it is time for work and it is not permissible according to the laws and the rules and regulations of your workplace, then we would be cheating. And to cheat is definitely trying to deceive Allah and His Messenger. As Muslims, we must be upright. We should understand, give the customer the correct change, speak correctly to the customer and so on. Be honest when buying and selling. All these are part of what Allah has entrusted us with. It is no good for a Muslim to lie when selling a motor vehicle and say, you know, it hasn't been damaged and you know very well that it is not accident free. Or to say there's nothing wrong here and you know you just repaired the engine because of something. We sometimes fall in this because we are desperate to sell things or to buy things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. In fact, one narration, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, there are three categories of people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not look at on the day of qiyamah. And for them will be severe punishment. He will not even want to see them. One of them, those who lie when they are selling goods and they take a qasam and they say, Wallahi, my cost price is only so much. And they are lying. You don't have to disclose your cost price. Just say, look, this is the price that I'm going to sell it for. I'm making a little markup and alhamdulillah. But if you are going to lie, who told you that you have to declare your cost price in Islam? You don't. So you'd rather leave it. But to promise and say, Wallahi, I only brought it for 20. I only bought it for 20. And you know that you bought it for 15, but because you want to sell it at 21 or 20, you say, no, I'm selling it to you at cost. What cost are you selling it at? May Allah protect us all. So this is part and parcel of what Allah is reminding us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at how beautiful the Qur'an is. Our day-to-day -day lives, every verse is connected to me and you. But we only have to draw the jewels from this Qur'an. And it is full of jewels, believe me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding of this Qur'an. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us thereafter. And He says, do you know that your enemy, what is the job of your enemy? The job of your enemy is to plan and plot against you. In fact, with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah makes mention of the plot that they had planned and plotted against him 
what were their plans? They wanted to immobilize him, number one. Number two, they wanted to kill him. And if they couldn't kill him, they wanted to drive him out of Makkah al-Mukarramah, which by the will of Allah, they succeeded in doing to a certain extent. But Allah had a bigger plan. What was the bigger plan? A few years later, you will come back here victorious as the leader. Allahu Akbar. So Allah says, reminding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all of us, وَإِذْ يَمْكُرُ بِكَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِيُثْبِتُوكَ أَوْ يَقْتُلُوكَ أَوْ يُخْرِجُوكَ وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ Do you remember, O oh Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the kuffar planned and plotted against you, either to immobilize you or to kill you or to drive you out, as they were planning and plotting, Allah says, we were also planning and definitely Allah is the best of planners. Amazing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about what the kuffar will do. So we too need to know that when our enemies plan and plot against us, if we are correct and we are right and we fear Allah and we have nothing to be blamed about, don't worry. We will do whatever is in our hands to protect ourselves and the rest is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He speaks of in any battle at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the outcome was always a win. Why? If they were martyred, and according to worldly standards, they seemingly lost. In essence, they got Jannah, didn't they? So they won. They were martyred. And if they won in terms of the world, then Allah gave them victory here in the dunya as well. Allahu Akbar. So it was a win-win situation every single time. Allah speaks about that. And Allah says, regarding the kuffar, that their job is to spend money, to lead people astray, to drive people away from Islam to drive people away from goodness, to deceive people, to divide the Muslims. That is the job of the kuffar. They are spending lots and lots of wealth to do that. Allah says, don't let it depress you and stress you. Don't. Why? They will spend that wealth and it will be a means of their loss. They will be regretful at, at what they spent and they will lose ultimately. Listen to the verse. Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ لِيَصُدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ The kuffar, they spend their wealth to lead people astray from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They use their wealth against Islam, against the Muslims, and for every evil item. فَسَيُنْفِقُونَهَا They will definitely spend it. You won't be able to stop them from spending their wealth. Then it will be a point of regret for them and a point of loss for them afterwards. And very soon they will be overtaken. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala convert the churches into masajid. To be honest with you, it is not impossible. Take a look at Great Britain where the people are becoming very very far from religion. And the Muslimin are going out and they are buying the churches, converting them into masajid. It's happening in England. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all an understanding and may He use us to serve this deen. We are in no ways against anyone who is Christian or Jewish and so on. No, we are not against them. But as Muslimin, we understand and we preach that we are the ones who are correct just as they do. They also preach that they are correct. And the Jews also say they are correct. But we believe in religious freedom and in tolerance. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to understand that freedom, to practice it. We will not draw cartoons about others, never, because we do not want to blaspheme others. The Quran says, وَلَا تَسُبُّ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ فَيَسُبُّ اللَّهَ عَدْوًا بِغَيْرِ Don't even find yourselves mocking about those who are calling out to gods besides Allah, even though to mock at them wouldn't be wrong. Strictly speaking, but Allah has prohibited it because Allah says in turn, they will mock at you. Allah shows us the limits of freedom of religion, which some people have not understood. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has drawn for us laws which shall govern up to the day of qiyamah. And Allah says, look, you disagree with people. You might not like the way they worship sticks and stones, but don't laugh about their sticks and stones because in turn they might laugh about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you don't want that to happen. So there are limits to freedom of religion. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide those people who are misguided drawing cartoons and making caricatures of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and of Isa alayhi salatu wa sallam. Jesus may peace and blessings be upon him and the other anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks of that. And then he informs us about the punishment. And he says that there were certain people at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they came out and do you know what they said? They said, okay, if you are telling us the truth, then we want stones to fall on us from the heavens. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us, how foolish were those people? They should have rather said, if you are telling us the truth, let gold fall from heaven. Why did they have to say, let stones fall from heaven to punish us? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ Allah will not punish them for as long as you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are in their midst. Punishment will not come to them. This shows us that sometimes when punishment is deserved or when a nation deserves punishment, sometimes because of the presence of one of the friends of Allah, the punishment is kept away. Maybe in our communities and in our midst, sometimes we deserve the punishment, but Allah knows a few people or one person whom that person is a friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, no, I'm not going to punish them because such and such a worshiper is there. Just like when the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam, Ibrahim alayhi salam and Lut alayhi salam, they lived at a similar time, in the, similar, in the same time. When the angels came and told Ibrahim alayhi salam, we are going to a certain community where Lut is, automatically Ibrahim says, إِنَّ فِيهَا لُوطَ Hey, how can you punish them when there is Lut? A messenger of Allah is in their midst. They said, نَحْنُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ we know better than you who is there. We will save him and his family besides those whom Allah has written the punishment for. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. That is why we should not fight people in our community. We don't know who are the awliyaullah. We don't realize who are those who are close to Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ Allah will not punish them for as long as they are engaged in istighfar. People who are engaged in seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will not be punished. So every time we see something that looks like a calamity coming towards us, the first thing we should do, Ya Allah, forgive my sins. Ya Allah, forgive my sins. Here the Quran is telling us that those who, who are seeking forgiveness, the punishment will not befall them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us istighfar on a daily basis. And remember, when we say, Astaghfirullah, O oh Allah, 
I am a criminal. Ya Allah, I have committed so much wrong. Forgive me, I will not repeat what I have done. That is what we are saying. And the response comes, O oh my worshipper, I have forgiven you. I love you and you are as pure as the day you were born. Allahu Akbar. Just by one, astaghfirullah, sincerely. One of it. Nowadays, what do we do? We sit with the tasbih. And we read it a hundred times, wanting to get our names into the Guinness Book of Records, how quick we pass through 100 astaghfirullahs. Is that what it's all about? We now deal in quantity more than quality. And Allah says, I have created death and life in order to test you who has better deeds, not who has more deeds. So remember, the quality is more important. Say it once, say it ten times. But with sincerity, stop and pause. Listen to the response. We are so weak, we don't even know that Allah replies us. Allahu Akbar. And He loves us. He waits for us to turn to Him. Allahu Akbar. And sometimes we are snoring. We are snoring. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يَنزِلُ رَبُّنَا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا كُلَّ لَيْلَةٍ حِينَ يَبْخَى ثُلُثُ اللَّيْلِ الْأَخِيرِ فَيَقُولُ هَلْ مِنْ تَائِبٍ فَأَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِ وَهَلْ مِنْ سَائِلٍ فَأُعْطِيَهُ سُؤْلَهِ وَهَلْ مِنْ مُسْتَغْفِرٍ فَأَغْفِرَ لَهِ When a third of the night remains, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven and He calls out and He says, is there anyone seeking forgiveness that I may forgive him? Anyone repenting that I may accept the repentance? Anyone asking me absolutely anything that I may give them what they are asking for? And a lot of us are snoring. Sometimes if it's Ramadan, we are worried about the food going into our mouths, not realizing that suhoor time is the time when Allah is calling out. Why can't we just raise our hands once? No one says you have to read the Hajjud. Yes, it is better to read the Hajjud, but to make dua, it's not a condition that you have to read the Hajjud. Even if you set your clock for that time, and you get up at that time, just for five minutes, from your bed you raise your hands and say, Ya Allah, forgive me. You are saying this, you are calling out, I am the one who is responding and I need your mercy, Ya Allah. Forgive me, Ya Allah. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. So Allah tells us this, that if you engage in tawbah, I will definitely forgive you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Fighting with one another. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Don't dispute and fight with one another. Don't quarrel. Don't allow your enemy to divide you and to rule you. Don't allow your enemy to divide you. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not allow yourselves to be found in dispute. Don't be disunited because then you will not succeed, you will fail, you will flop. And over and above that, you will lose all your might. As an ummah, today, strictly speaking, we are the largest, the largest religion. Yes, there are others who might say otherwise, but according to studies, the Muslims are the greatest in number on the globe. And we find ourselves in the greatest and deepest disunity. Allahu Akbar. May Allah unite us. May Allah unite this ummah. Wallahi, if we were to decide to jump all at once, exactly 12 o'clock Greenwich Mean Time, the whole globe would shake. The whole earth would move. But right now, as I'm saying this, there might be some people saying, look at him, he's mad. He wants us to all jump together. Allahu Akbar. So it's hard to get us to do even one thing all together. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite the ummah. Because if we do that, we'll need a lot of tolerance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wasbiru immediately after that. Wasbiru Be tolerant, for Allah is with those who are tolerant. 
In order to achieve unity, you need tolerance. Without tolerance, you will not achieve unity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that sabr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us not to be disunited. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, when I have bestowed you with a favor, I don't take it away unless you deserve that taking away. Unless you've done deeds that deserve the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ذَٰلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَكُمُ غَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً أَنْعَمَهَا عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah will not take away a gift that He has bestowed a nation with for as long as that nation is obeying Allah, but the minute they disobey and they deserve the punishment, Allah takes away that gift. Which means when we have a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He won't take it away from us. But when we begin to transgress, then do we deserve that gift? We don't. So Allah says, then He takes it away. We, we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to, take us, not to take our gifts away from us. Not to take the health away from us. Not to take the wealth and the barakah in that wealth away from us. In fact, to grant us increase in all forms of goodness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that speaks about the war and peace. And He says regarding the enemy, Whenever they come to you and they want to make peace, they want to sign a treaty with you, they want to stop the war, then you should sign that treaty. Tie all the loopholes, whatever according to human intellect you feel is correct and upright, you should write up an agreement according to that and then you should have full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Listen to what he says. When they want to incline towards peace and towards a ceasefire, towards a treaty, then lean towards it. Go and sign it. Make peace with them. And lay your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is all hearing. Now, let us ask ourselves, isn't Islam the religion of peace? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, when anyone wants peace with you, don't make war with them. Make peace with them. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, because He knows that sometimes we sign treaties, they break the treaties. So Allah says, وَإِن يُرِيدُوا أَن يَخْدَعُوكَ فَإِنَّ حَسْبَكَ اللَّهِ If they want to cheat you and to deceive you through the treaty, don't worry, Allah is sufficient for you. Allah is enough. حَسْبُكَ اللَّهِ Allah is enough. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really grant us victory at all times. Though this verse was revealed at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it teaches and promotes peace. So, Alhamdulillah, the lesson is for all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. Then Allah makes mention of how the hearts of people became united. Do you know Abu Sufyan? He was an enemy of Islam. Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiallahu anhu, prior to accepting Islam, he was an enemy. So was Khalid ibn al-Walid. They hated Islam, they hated the Muslims. And it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who softened the hearts. And he brought the hearts together. Allah tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that even if you had to spend all the wealth that the whole globe holds in order to achieve that unity and the bringing together of the hearts, you wouldn't be able to achieve it. It's Allah who gave it to you. Allahu Akbar. It is Allah who brought the hearts together. لَوْ أَنْفَقْتَ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا مَا أَلَّفْتَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَلَكِنْ 
It is Allah who brought together the hearts. Had you to spend everything on earth in order to bring the hearts together, you wouldn't be able to because the hearts are in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is all powerful, all wise. So we too, we need to make dua to Allah to soften our hearts, to bring our hearts together to one another. You know, moments ago we spoke about peace with the enemy. Sometimes we are guilty of not making peace with our own brothers and sisters and family members for years on end. And Allah says, whenever anyone comes to you wanting to make peace, make peace with them. Allahu Akbar. Look at how far we've gone from the religion. And people are drawing the picture of Islam from the Muslims and not from the books. We know that that's what's happening. So people are saying Islam is a bad religion. Yet, it's the Muslims who are not following the religion. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for that. And may Allah keep us steadfast. Let us make peace with our family members. Tonight, it's not impossible. Wallahi, we can pick up the phone. And we can phone and we can try. Some of our family members whom we have not spoken to maybe for years on end, we need to phone and say, please forgive me. Even if you are not wrong, who says we can't ask them forgive me? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us as a result. And let's make peace in the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be at peace with us in the dunya as well as on the day of Qiyamah. May Allah take us all to Jannah. Amen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about a very, very important issue. The kuffar, Allah says, they all stand up for one another. All of them. When one is harmed, everyone else stands up to protect that one. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ بَعْضُ the kuffar are all protectors of one another. They help one another. They assist one another. إِلَّا If you are not going to do the same. تَكُنْ كَبِيرٌ There will be great facade and corruption. And there will be lots of destruction on earth. What does that mean? If you are not going to do the same, which means if you are not going to stand up for one another. When one Muslim is harmed, everyone else should stand up for him. And everyone should understand that he is a part of the body or she is a part of the body. Unfortunately with us, we are the ones who harm one another. If I were to ask you, who best enemies, who make your life the most difficult? If you are to close your eyes and think about it, I'm sure a lot of us would come up with Muslim names. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us all. This is the condition of the ummah at the moment. We really need to revisit the entire approach that we have had to our own religion. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about joking and mocking about this religion. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we shouldn't even be joking about Allah and about the signs of Allah and about the messengers and about the angels and so on. At the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there was one hypocrite. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and them went out for, for war, he said, I've never seen people more greedy than these. And he was part of the army, supposedly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of the statement from a distance. Allah says, such and such a person, this is what they uttered. And verses were revealed. To ask them, ask them, what is it that they uttered? When Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul was asked, what is it that you uttered? He says, no, 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 no. Listen to what Allah says. When you ask them, they will say, you know what, we were just joking, man. We were just mocking, we were just joking. We weren't serious with our statements. Allah says, قُلْ 
أَبِاللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ وَرَسُولِهِ كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَهْزِئُونَ Ask them, tell them, are you joking about Allah, about His signs, about His messengers? لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا Don't present any more excuses. قَدْ كَفَرْتُمْ بَعْدَ إِيمَانِكُمْ You have become kuffar after you were believers. This shows us something very serious. Never ever joke about Allah. Never joke about His messengers. Never joke about the signs of Allah. Part of the signs of Allah are the races that He has kept us in. That's a sign of Allah. The colors, the languages, the different types of people. It is haram to joke about other religions. It is haram to joke about gods besides Allah. Didn't we read the verse moments ago? It is haram to joke about paradise and hell and the keepers of paradise and hell. Do you know that a lot of the SMSs where we joke with one another, we need to relook them. We need to relook at them. And we need to ask ourselves, is this blasphemous in any way? Does it include the signs of Allah? Does it include any of the messengers? Any of the signs of Allah? If so, we must not send those SMSs. Rather not joke if that is the case. We know it's the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to crack a decent joke once in a while. Yes it is. To make people smile and laugh within limits. But if it's outside the limits, it becomes a form of punishment and a reason for the punishment to descend on us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not punish us in that way. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of that particular juz, Allah makes mention of the battle of Tabuk and how certain people did not go and they didn't have an excuse and some people did not go but they had an excuse because of old age and so on. And inshallah tomorrow we will come across the verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about those who presented certain excuses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uplift us all. May He forgive us all on this day. May He make us more conscious of our duties towards Him. محمد سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك